entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. 77 WABC Early News presents the Top 5. You have to be constantly prepared, constantly aware until this matter is under control. A retired NYPD officer after being attacked, a victim of the knockout game. A controversial processing center opens on Randall's Island for migrants being bused from southern states. The U.S. Supreme Court is being asked to stop the Biden administration's student debt relief program, which the Congressional Budget Office estimates will cost taxpayers $400 billion. The U.K.'s parliament is in chaos. A second top official in new Prime Minister Liz Truss's cabinet has resigned. History in the making from outer space. The first Native American tribal member, a former Marine pilot, is aboard the International Space Station. A 66-year-old retired NYPD officer, Robert Kraft, the victim of an apparent knockout game attack. The retired officer was hit in the back of his head, unprovoked, while walking along Brighton Beach Avenue in Brooklyn. This happened about 1 p.m. on Tuesday. Here's Kraft speaking to the New York Post. One thing I can say to Governor Hopel is, and the DAs, are when someone gets arrested, prosecute them and send them to jail and don't let them out on the street the next day so that someone else can be evicted. The suspects, teenagers or young adults, fled the scene. There is video surveillance. We'll be posting that to our website, wabcradio.com. This knockout game surfaced back in 2013, you might remember. It involves groups of teens and young adults hitting unsuspecting victims while recording those attacks, then uploading them to social media. A humanitarian processing center on Randall's Island opened Wednesday for migrants being sent from southern states. The controversial processing center at the hands of New York City Mayor Eric Adams contains amenities like a dining hall, TV, laundry. The first bus brought just two of the 20,500 migrants bused to New York City since the summer months from southern states. Here's New York City Commissioner of Immigrant Affairs, Manuel Castro. This is a historic moment. We haven't seen something like this in New York City for nearly a century. But more importantly, you'll continue to see the kind of welcoming we expect of the rest of the country. You will not see this anywhere else in the country. Officials have said that the only uh, single males will be housed at that tent city, which has a capacity of 1,000. The U.S. Supreme Court Wednesday was asked to block the Biden administration's student loan debt relief program. The request is by the Brown County Taxpayers Association in Wisconsin. It's now before Justice Amy Coney Barrett. She's responsible for handling emergency application requests from the Seventh Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. The Congressional Budget Office estimates this debt relief program will cost taxpayers $400 billion over the next 30 years, adding to the nation's $31.1 trillion debt. The request asks that the plan by President Biden to cancel up to $20,000 in student debt for millions of borrowers be suspended pending the outcome of the appeal. Here's President Biden. Republican members of Congress and Republican governors trying to do everything they can to deny this relief, even to their own constituents. As soon as I announced my administration's student debt plan, they started attacking it, saying all kinds of things. And despite what the Republican officials say, we can afford, we're able to afford the student loan relief. 
The White House did not immediately uh, respond to a request for a comment on the appeal. The U.S. Department of Education opened its application process for student loan forgiveness in a beta test Friday. More than 8 million people submitted requests for relief over that weekend. British Home Secretary Suella Braverman has become the second senior minister in just a week to leave embattled Prime Minister Liz Truss's government. Braverman said she resigned after breaching rules by sending an official document from her personal email account. Her departure comes hours after Truss appeared in Parliament to face down a hostile opposition and fury from her own Conservative Party. It's over her botched economic plan. Mr. Speaker, I am a fighter and not a quitter. I have acted in the national interest to make sure that we have economic stability. The dramatic developments came days after Trust fired her Treasury chief on Friday after the economic package that the pair unveiled on September 23rd spooked financial markets and triggered an economic and political crisis in the U.K. Nicole Mann is the first Native American woman in space, a member of the Wyloski Indian tribe in Northern California. She's on a five-month mission aboard the International Space Station. Here's Mann speaking from the space station. It is an incredible scene of color, of clouds and land, and it's difficult not to stay in the cupola all day and just see our planet Earth and how beautiful she is and how delicate and fragile she is against the blackest of black that I've ever seen, space in the background. And years before joining NASA in 2013, man flew combat missions in Iraq for the U.S. Marine Corps, and she also showed off the dream catcher she took up with her, a childhood gift from her mother. Republican Congresswoman and Committee Vice Chair Liz Cheney says the January 6th committee's subpoena of former President Donald Trump is coming. 77 Frank Diaz has details. Cheney Tuesday at a forum at Harvard University said that after the House Select Committee unanimously approved the subpoena last week, it will be issued shortly. Our obligation is to seek his testimony um, that the American people uh, deserve to hear directly from him that it has to be under oath, um, that that he has to be held accountable. She noted that the subpoena is for Trump's testimony and documents related to the events of last year's attack on the U.S. Capitol. Cheney didn't indicate what the panel will do if the former president doesn't comply, but said they will, quote, take the steps they need to take. For 77 WABC News, I'm Frank Diaz. U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont playing an eight-state blitz with at least 19 events over the final two weekends. Before the midterm elections, November 8th, he is looking to rally young voters and progressives as Democrats confront daunting national headwinds. Earlier this month, Sanders posted a video on his YouTube channel encouraging people to get out and vote. The election in five weeks is the most important midterm election in the modern history of this country and to a very significant degree will determine the future of the United States of America and it will have a major impact on your life and the life of your family. Sanders is planning to begin his push in Oregon on October 27th. The Vermont senator will then head to California, Nevada, Texas, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Three of those are battleground states where some of the most hotly contested U.S. Senate and governor's races are playing out in Nevada, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. 
Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis's administration this week pushed back against a lawsuit that seeks the immediate release of all records related to the flights of migrants from Texas to Massachusetts, but agreed to provide them no later than December 1st. They were flown to Martha's Vineyard. The Florida Center for Government Accountability filed a lawsuit earlier this month after the DeSantis administration didn't hand over records the group was seeking about two charter flights in September. Those flights transported nearly 50 Venezuelan migrants to the resort island. And a circuit judge in Leon County gave the governor's office till this week to respond. Bexar County, Texas Sheriff Javier Salazar in a statement last month said migrants were being lured to Martha's Vineyard under false pretenses. And I believe that they were preyed upon. Somebody came from out of state, preyed upon these people, um, lured them with promises of, of a better life to just be uh, exploited and uh, hoodwinked into making this trip to Florida and then onward to Martha's Vineyard for what I believe to be nothing more than political posturing uh, to make a point. DeSantis's push to relocate migrants, which the governor said was done to draw attention to the Biden administration's immigration policies, was roundly condemned by Democrats who accused him of human trafficking and exploiting vulnerable migrants for political gain. A parent whose child was killed in the Parkland massacre in Florida in 2018 is outraged. Fred Guttenberg's 14-year-old daughter was killed in that mass shooting. He called on U.S. Senator Marco Rubio, the Republican out of Florida, a pathetic liar on CNN on Wednesday for reversing his support for age restrictions on the purchase of assault-style rifles. You know, he's like a dog chasing his tail, running in circles, going nowhere. And, and I got tired of being run around like him, uh, by him like that. Um, he is, he's useless. He isn't accomplishing anything, and he lies about it. During a high-profile town hall following the Parkland massacre, Rubio said 18-year-olds should not be able to buy a rifle. At Tuesday evening's political debate against his Democratic rival, Rubio rejected the proposal to implement age restrictions on assault-style rifles, pointing to, as one example, a recent shooting in North Carolina where the suspect is a 15-year-old. Investigators have not yet disclosed how the boy got the gun. He is accused of using it to shoot five people, including his 16-year-old brother. Yay, the rapper, formerly known as Kanye West, apologized on Wednesday for posting an anti-Semitic tweet this month that drew widespread criticism. Twitter ended up suspending Ye's account earlier this month after the rapper tweeted he was going death con three on Jewish people. On Wednesday, before the rapper actually apologized, he said he was hurt and had a right to express his emotions before citing more anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. I will say I'm sorry for the people that I hurt with the death con, the, the confusion that I call. I feel mm. like I call, I cause hurt and confusion. And I'm sorry for the families of the people that had nothing to do with the the trauma that I had been through. Speaking to host Piers Morgan on Piers Morgan Uncensored, Morgan pressed Ye to apologize and learn from his mistakes. But Ye said the news anchor should listen to him because he was worth more money. The billionaire celebrity also drew criticism for wearing a White Lives Matter shirt at a recent Paris, France fashion event. And he was also suspended from Instagram after he accused rapper Sean Diddy Combs of being controlled by Jewish people. Russia's President Vladimir Putin is declaring martial law in four regions of Ukraine. He annexed in what some say were sham elections last month. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. 
On national television yesterday, Putin said the move would, quote, formalize this regime within the framework of Russian legislation. Martial law will begin in those regions today. He also announced he was establishing a new state coordination council that would fulfill the objectives of what he calls his, quote, special military operation. The developments come after an intense week of bombing in Ukraine, where Russia is struggling to maintain power in the recently annexed territory. For 77 WABC News, I'm Alex Barnard. 77 WABC News time, 545. Of course, lots going on in the sports world, and here to tell you all about it, 77 WABC's Me. Justin, yeah. Alex, the one the, and the other. How about that? What a great introduction. I love it, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. Not the start to the uh, ALCS that the Yanks wanted as they fell in game one last night in Houston by a score of four to two. The Astros gave the Yanks a taste of their own medicine, blasting three home runs to hold the lead the entire way. Jameson Tyone, he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination on the hill, but was an afterthought stacked up against Justin Verlander, who rang up 11 Yankees while allowing just one run on three hits through six nearly unhittable innings of work. Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo were the lone bright spots for New York, both of which launched solo shots. But other than that, it was all Astros all night long. Game 2 is slated for tonight in Houston at 7.37 p.m. Eastern Time. Luis Severino getting the ball going up against Houston's Framber Valdez. And opening night on the hardwood had the same type of vibes for both the Knicks and the Nets last night as they both dropped their season openers. The Nets opened up at home but looked like they were still stuck in preseason mode, getting routed by the New Orleans Pelicans 130-108. to Zion Williamson returned from his one-year absence making his presence filled with 25 points and nine rebounds. Kevin Durant topped out the box score for, for Brooklyn with 32 points in as many minutes on the floor. And next up for uh, the Nets is a date with the Toronto Raptors in Brooklyn tomorrow night. As for the Knicks, they showed a little bit more fight, barely getting edged out by the Grizzlies in Memphis by a score of 115 to 112 in overtime. John Morant was his usual self for Memphis, pouring in 34 points to go with nine assists. Julius Randle led the way in scoring for the Knicks with 24 points to his name. And Cam Reddish was a breath of fresh air off the bench with his 22. Here was Coach Thibodeau after the game on, Re- on Reddish's relief off the bench. Just overall, his every aspect, I think his defense got him going. He got out into the open floor. His shot selection was good. He attacked the rim well. He got some easy buckets. When you get some easy buckets, then the game it becomes easier. So, you know, that was, that was a big plus. And his length is it's important for us. Up next for the Knicks is their home opener against the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night. And looking ahead to tonight on the Ice Rangers at home against the San Jose Sharks at 7 p.m. Devils and Islanders are in Elmont facing off against each other at 7.30. And Thursday Night Football in Arizona between the Saints and Cardinals. Kickoff week 7. That kickoff is set for 8.15 p.m. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with your early news sports update, I am Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street waiting for another earnings boost. More disappointing housing data expected. And Tesla beats earnings despite light revenue. Wall Street coming off its first losing session of the week despite more solid quarterly reports. AT&T leading off today's earnings reports. Earnings per share forecast to decline, but investors will be more focused on monthly subscriber trends, particularly wireless and broadband customer data. Existing home sales are forecast to have declined in September. Rising mortgage interest rates continue to 
put pressure on the housing market. Tesla shares fell in extended trading. The company missed on third quarter revenue estimates despite record deliveries. Tesla is still forecasting a 50% increase in deliveries for the full year. Wall Street continues to closely monitor unemployment data. Another unexpected jump in initial jobless claims could signal the labor market is cooling. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Futures are mixed this morning. The Dow at 30,469. That's up nine points. The S&P down 10 and three quarter points. The Nasdaq dropped to 66 and a half. Gold up $3.70 an ounce. And crude oil also up $1.69 at $87.24 a barrel. The WABC Early News. As the uh, November elections uh, quickly approach, uh, 77 WABC's Frank Diaz spoke with Quinnipiac Quinnipiac polling analyst Mary Snow about their recent poll, the New York governor's race between Kathy Hochul, the Democrat, and uh, the Republican candidate, Congressman Lee Zeldin, and also about the New York State Senate race between longtime Congressman Chuck Schumer, the U.S. Senate Majority Leader, and his Republican opponent, Joe Pinion, as well as how voters feel about what issues are important to them as uh, well as Joe Biden's uh, favorability rating. And here's his interview. I'm here with Quinnipiac polling analyst Mary Snow. Welcome to the 77 WBC Early News. Hi, Mary. Hi, Frank. Thanks for having me. Well, well, in the latest poll from Quinnipiac that was out on Tuesday, it finds that Governor Kathy Hochul has a little bit of an edge over Congressman Lee Zeldin. What can you tell us about that? This is a competitive race, and I think it's uh, gaining so much attention because in New York, as we've seen in the last several uh, election cycles in the race for governor, we've seen Democrats win by margins. And the fact that this race is closer um, is gaining attention. But what we could tell you is that um, among likely voters, and that's the the poll is made up of um, a little over 1,600 likely voters throughout New York State, Governor Hochul gets 50% support among likely voters to Lee Zeldin's 46%. And what we're seeing is that while Republicans are strongly behind Zeldin, Democrats strongly behind Hochul, uh, we're seeing independence sway for uh, Zeldin so far in this race. And looking at the numbers across the state for governor and even the Senate, the Senate race looks a little bit better. Can you explain why? In the Senate race, uh, basically, about six in ten likely voters in New York State don't even know uh, enough about, they really don't know the Republican challenger, Joe Pinion. Um, six in ten roughly said that they, they just didn't know enough about him to form an opinion of him. We are seeing uh, Senator Schumer, 54%, to Pinion's 42%, um, you know, Republicans strongly backing opinion and uh, independents are slightly swaying toward opinion. But again, in cases like that, when we see a high profile uh, race like that with an unknown challenger, it kind of signals that it's really a vote against the uh, Senate majority leader from the opposing party. What about job performance? Seems like the senators and the president are doing a little bit better than the governor also. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, President Biden's job approval rating is 47 percent uh, in New York state. And, you know, when you compare that to some of the national numbers that we're seeing for his job approval, that's higher. Right. Than we've seen um, Senator Schumer above 50 percent, Mark, 51 percent. Governor Hochul is is kind of mixed. Uh, 46% approving, 49% disapproving. Not terrible, but not great. Right. Oh, uh, the poll also mentions the the most urgent issues that New Yorkers are concerned about. What do you think is, or what rather, what what is it showed that's the most pressing? This poll is showing that uh, likely voters in New York State rank crime as the most urgent issue um, facing the state, followed by inflation. And protecting democracy. And, you know, we see differences when you take a look um, at political parties. Right. So among Republicans, crime is clearly the most dominant issue. When you look at Democrats, protecting democracy is the most urgent issue among independents. It's uh, crime followed by inflation. So um, but when it comes to crime, one thing that we did find is that it is high on the list across the board. Um, in, in terms of different groups, age groups, and um, sections of the state, right? It's not just New York City where crime is ranking as the most urgent issue, but um, in the suburbs and upstate, it ranks high on the list. Anything else you'd like to add? It's just under three weeks now until Election Day. This is really going to be come down to turnout in New York State in terms of how this race will uh, go on November 8th. Three weeks may seem like a very short amount of time, but in politics, a lot can happen between then and now, and this is really a snapshot in time uh, heading into Election Day. Mary Snow, Quinnipiac Polling Analyst, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And you can hear the full interview on our website, wabcradio.com. 77 WABC News Time 555. Well, New York City's 10th city for asylum seekers now open on Randall's Island. However, some folks aren't so sure this is the best idea. 77 WABC's Bob Brown reports. The temporary housing will be home to adult men only. There are over 800 cots set up in the tents. New Yorkers, though, can't agree on what the latest attempt to welcome migrants will mean for the area. You want the first chance to work. That's what they need. It's going to happen. They're going to fall into bad habits for whatever reason. And our neighborhoods are going to be decimated. Thousands of migrants continue to arrive in New York City off buses from other states. I'm Bob Brown. For the 77 WABC Early Morning News. And this programming note, please join us on October 26th at 10 a.m. as we remember the life of our 77 WABC colleague Bernard McGurk with a special mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral. All are invited. And for more information, you can head over to our website, wabcradio.com. If you plan on attending, please give us an email at rsvp at wabcradio.com. Again, that is rsvp wabcradio.com. All right, Justin Ellick back once again and with today's lineup for the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program. What have you got? Well, thank you, Deb. Yes, I have returned. Quick preview of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program coming at you in just a couple of minutes. Sid's ready to go, gearing up for a big Thursday morning program, bottom of each hour, you don't want to miss a 77 WABC clip of the day, Cut to the Chase podcast featuring Laura Kern, and uh, but, uh, yo, of course, 
Lydia Serrano, 25 a.m. for her uh, daily every morning Lydia Reports segment. And then in the way of guests, 7.05, Curtis Lee will be joining us. 7.40 a.m., Congressman Lee Zeldin, Republican nominee for governor of New York. And then 8.40 a.m., as he does every Thursday morning, the big bad, great Bill O'Reilly. And uh, 9.05 a.m. in studio, Anthony Weiner, host of The Middle with Anthony Weiner, Saturdays, 2 to 3 p.m., and co-host of The Left versus The Right with Anthony Weiner and Curtis Lee with Saturdays, 3 to 4. Big Thursday morning show coming at you. Just a couple of minutes. Let's do it. Yes, it's been out there pacing up and down the hallway like an expectant father. Here he comes. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. All right. Stay tuned for Sid and uh, Deborah Valentine with the 77 WABC Early News. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 5. Stay tuned for Sid. Here he comes. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com